Blue Cliff Record, case 43. Tozan's No Cold or Heat. A monk said to Tozan, Cold and heat descend upon us. How can we avoid them? Tozan said, why don't you go where there is no cold or heat? The monk said, where is the place where there is no cold or heat? Tozan then said, when cold, let it be so cold that it kills you. When hot, let it be so hot that it kills you. monk says, cold and heat descend upon us. What a suffering kind of setup. <laughs> There's something descending upon me. What a dualistic way of um, holding reality. Cold or heat or pain or discomfort come. And sometimes, as in this koan, we have the uh, aversive impulse. We want these things away from us. So we're talking um, Japanese monastery or monastery where it might be very cold in the winter and no heat in the zendo. Or it might be very hot in the summer, like August, 100 degree heat and no air conditioning, no fans. And the monk asks, how do we avoid these things? And in reality, there's no avoiding these things. If you're a monk committed to life in an unheated or non-air-conditioned sendo, there's no avoiding these things. And if you are you or me and committed to a life in a human body, there is no avoiding something coming forward that we have an aversive response to. Except how? Except how? So Master Tozan first says, why don't you go to the place where there is no cold or heat? One reframe for this would be, why don't you go to the place where there's no problem? So I don't know what the monk thought. If they were thinking, oh, there's this physical other place. But I know from my own experience with heat or cold or pain or discomfort, 
and pain or discomfort might be better examples for us because we're in a relatively comfortable zendo the colder heat might apply too um, I know that there's a place inside or a still point in the mind before the mind turns whatever the experience is into a problem. There's a place before the mind even puts a label of hot, cold, painful, much less the additional I like it or I don't like it. And actually, the feeling tone, the I like it, that I, the I don't like it, can come before the label. But then the label comes, and then it just kind of feeds itself. I don't like this. I want it away from me. It's painful. It's really painful. And the suffering in the mind gets worse. We have a teaching of men or mind moments. So these are very, very fast. So not seconds, but So if I'm suffering, I can back up into just experience. So in this moment, sensation, sensation, sensation in the body. And if I absorb into this experience of, so I drop the ideas that might have accumulated on top of the experience and take a step back into this experience of sensation, 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 and absorb in that, I can touch a place that's before the mind creates anything on top of it. This can be hard to do when I'm already in a very suffering space for me caught in uh, pain or could be heat or something else. So this is one kind of before heat and cold. And then when the, so the master says, go to a place where there's no heat or cold. And the monk comes back again and says, how? Mm -hmm. So this is a longer interchange than some of, some of them in the koans. So instead of just going back to his or her cushion and investigating directly what the master might have meant by this place before heat or cold or where there's no heat or cold, the monk's like, well, tell me more. You know, how do you even do this? And at that point, the master says, when it's hot, let it be so hot that it kills you. When it's cold, let it be so cold that it kills you. So at this point, he's going at the whole thing from another angle. He's saying you're separating yourself from your experience and thus you're suffering. So when it's pain or discomfort, one thing I can do is enter that, C 
series of sensations. Or I can try that. I can try picking up that tool. Can I just enter this experience that my mind has already decided is pain or discomfort and be with it? So sensation after sensation after sensation. And can I find a way to be with it with less and less fighting, less and less problem mind? So one way I do that, that I've described here before, is I look around and I ask questions like, what, what is the shape? What are the boundaries of this area that my mind is calling in pain? How far does it extend this way or that way? What are the contours? Is there a texture or a temperature or many textures or temperatures or colors? So with this kind of questioning, the purpose of this kind of questioning is to bring the mind into the experience itself instead of fighting with it. And then the let it be so hot it kills you or so painful it kills you. Can I let it be really uncomfortable? So I want, I want to move if I think I'm really, something's going on that might really cause injury. And when I need to do that during a zazen period, I make a little bow, change my position into something I feel I can hold for the rest of the zazen period, and then I continue. But with most of what I experience anyway, um, there's no injury impending. So I can safely feel it and let it get as big as it's going to get. And when I'm really absorbed in the experience, however I manage that, the separate me that might otherwise be fighting my experience disappears or fades at least. And this is absorptive meditation in a nutshell. So we're not always dealing with intense discomfort on the cushion. But when we're breathing, you know, feeling the breath or listening to sounds or whatever practice we're doing, we're absorbing into that. And eventually becoming so absorbed that there's not a person doing a practice. And we get to have a taste of that experience. So this is the so hot it kills you and the so cold it kills you. In kind of a um, rawr way of saying it, right? <laughs> a die on the cushion way of saying it.
So I'm going to switch gears a little and talk more in general about moving in the Zendo. I just shipped it a little. It happened so quickly, I didn't even think about it or evaluate uh, whether I should move or shouldn't move. And we do this as we go about our day, generally speaking, right? There's an itch and, you know, there's no gap between the itch and I'm taking care of it. It's cold and I go get a sweater. It's hot and I, I don't know, change into lighter clothing, whatever. I take care of it. In Zazen, we have less freedom, we might say, to take care of things in these ways. But we're working on a different kind of freedom. And that's the freedom uh, that is in the mind. So can I work with my mind in such a way as to increase the gap between impulse and action? Can I have an itch and not scratch it? Can I have an itch and work with it in some other way? Can I feel the sensations that my mind is calling itch? Can I take it apart or back up into sensation, sensation, sensation? And watch what happens. All sorts of varied and interesting experiences. Can I have a pain and not move to fix it? Can I just be with this sensation or this emotion? You know, this tension in the body, sometimes it is. And we meditate in different uh, body sensations come into being. Different ways of manifesting um, what? Some kind of holding. So people can feel new pains or new um, discomforts to deal with. And some of these are psychological or emotional more than they are um, just having to do with being seated in an unaccustomed posture. So we go through all sorts of themes in this process of just sitting still, period after period. And it's all part of our path. So it all gets folded in. So am I willing to just feel whatever it is? One way of holding um, these kinds of discomforts that I haven't spoken about 
uh, yet in this talk, is to create a wider container for them. Um, so sometimes if I'm feeling discomfort, the mind collapses and it gets smaller and it gets focused in on the discomfort or the story about the discomfort. So one way of getting bigger is to expand my awareness into a bigger space. So I can become aware instead of just this, in my case, five foot six body, I can become aware um, and no need to turn my head and look around to do this. I can become aware of the whole room. And just in expanding that awareness, I have a bigger, I have a bigger container. So that this, this drama that's going on here, <laughs> that's mostly mind-made, by the way, can um, fade at least somewhat into the background and not be so larger than life. And this is all working with the mind. So sometimes, sometimes you know, I've got all these little uh, techniques in my bag of tricks, and sometimes I'm just a ball of suffering anyway. You know, I'm desperately trying to do this or that to make the discomfort more bearable or to feel more big and enlightened around it, and, you know, it doesn't work. But that's part of it, too. <laughs> so whatever arises, we do our best to be present with it. And that's just, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Another way of meeting discomfort is to focus, um, focus all the more intently on whatever practice I sat down with. So if I'm following my breath, really sharpen that focus and intensify it. And that's another way of letting this other theme that's arisen go into the background. I find that that seems like the thing to do sometimes, but we've got to watch for, um, got to watch in all of this for a kind of fighting mind. So it's the mind that is trying to make an experience go away. So I trust you'll have ample opportunity to practice with all this. And by the way, if we live long enough in many situations, we'll face a kind of intense pain that there's not escape from, at least quite possibly. So when we have a kind of intense experience that way on the cushion, it's, it's practice for those times. And it also gives us experiential data, which is really the best kind of data, um, with which to help others. So someone asks us, you're a meditator. I've heard meditation can help with pain. How's this work? They're asking for your experience. They're really, they're not asking for something you read somewhere or heard somewhere. And how are you going to describe it well if you're just trying to remember what you read somewhere or heard somewhere? 
in intense pain, I found there's a way to kind of dive under it. So we have this concept of a still point. I usually imagine that inside the body. But when I do this diving under, it feels like, and this is just for me, uh, it feels like it's actually outside the body and a little bit under. doesn't have to make sense if it works if it relieves intense suffering when it arises switch gears a little bit again here so when we're sitting in the zenda we have this retreat coming on saturday um, you know, in the teacher's seat, certainly, but in any seat, we're holding the room as best we can in this um, completely non-judgmental, grounded awareness. Because the fundamental mind is that and we're resonating with that. So from that space, whatever anybody else does, moves, doesn't move, whatever, like we're not, we're not judging them. And so we want to strive to hold ourselves in the same space. So it's always this balance between, um, you know, we have to work with our own karma <laughs> and our own minds where we're at. We're ultimately masters of our own practice. It cannot be any other way. It cannot, it doesn't work for someone else to try to do it for us. <laughs> you know, if you tell a teacher or a mentor enough about what you're experiencing, sometimes they can offer helpful guidance. Ultimately, we, we're the only ones that have the requisite intimacy with our own minds to make those moment-to-moment -moment, um, decisions and discoveries and to turn up the effort when we need to and to turn up the, hey, it's all good when we need to and to make a lot of mistakes in figuring all that out. So practice for each individual looks a lot of different ways. I want to just give a nod to that too. Sometimes it's not moving and that's generally the instruction, don't move in the zendo. And sometimes it's moving. It's such a pleasure to practice with each of you in this very supportive environment. Um, I feel a lot of love in this group, and I look forward to it continuing. <laughs>